A big congrats to all of you out there that listened to us on Friday. A big congrats to all of you out there that listened to the information that Parker and I had over the airwaves on Friday. Yes, the over-under for commits for OU's Junior Day this weekend, one and a half. half. The over-hit, baby. We got two of them, Parker. The over-hits once again for OU Junior Day. Did we really get – we got two for Junior Day? Well, I just say two commits over the weekend. Okay, yeah. Well, I just kind of goes. Okay, spoiler alert. The over did hit. Not all of those are public. Yet, right. But. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Eric McCarty, uh, one that committed over the weekend, McAllister kid. Uh, he fast. He's got zero stars as of right now on 24-7 uh, sports. Yeah, but he'll, he'll have he, stars. That, that will change, yes. When you commit to Oklahoma, if you have zero stars, uh, I don't know how many he's going to get. Maybe it's only two or three. Uh, but he will have some here shortly. And then Gavin Freeman decommits from Texas Tech. He takes a PFO spot at OU Heritage Hall three-star wide receiver. I- I'm just I'm calling it a win. Yeah, One and well, a half I mean, the over hits, okay? Remember, we were uh, we were talking about throwing out the possibility on Friday, Tyler, that maybe there would be a surprise in this class of 2022 down the stretch. That's how I would categorize Gavin Freeman because – This is a guy, a nationally ranked three-star prospect, Tyler, that was committed to play football on scholarship at Texas Tech, and I I know things changed at Tech, and there were those uh, rumblings that maybe the Tech staff wasn't as eager to take Freeman's commitment and honor his scholarship since they got to town, but the reality is... Whenever you can use a preferred walk-on position to secure a guy that had FBS scholarship offers elsewhere, that speaks volumes for your culture and the vision that you're instilling at the University of Oklahoma. Yeah, and I know that this is a little bit of a change-up from the past, right? Because we've been so accustomed around here to, if it's a wide receiver commit man, then that wide receiver in the past has been a four-star, it's been a five-star, really... Everyone that's been committing here, you know, the past five years or so, you know, they, they, they've had a lot of stars next to their name. Well, you get two guys over this weekend, and they have a combined three stars between them. So, it's one in the past that we would maybe scoff at, but there's high upside with both these kids. Again, Eric McCarty's about to have some stars. Um, he is a great athlete, 6'2", 180, a lot of upside there. And like you said with Gavin Freeman, is he's a preferred walk-on guy. Yeah, and he, he was going to go play. He's going to go play wide receiver with Tech. I look at some film today. This kid is like super fast. Oh well, my god! And the, and the thing about it too is, he's not. He doesn't have the same straight line speed that maybe you're accustomed to seeing with guys like, uh, for instance, the guy that everybody's buzzing about right now after junior day is Dylan Edwards, the running back out of Derby, Kansas. That dude got wheels when you turn on the tape. And Gavin Freeman doesn't necessarily look like he's got a jetpack strapped to his back. But what is very key about the way that he plays and what's really exciting is that he knows how to use his speed. Right, You don't always have to be a 4-3 guy to be able to run away from the pack. You take a look at the best wide receiver in the NFL by a long shot, Tyler, Cooper Cup. He runs a 4-6, and nobody's calling that dude slow because when he puts the pads on, he knows how to use his speed. And that's why a lot of people are drawing the comparison between Gavin Freeman and Wes Welker. Welker wasn't a burner, but he just knew how to beat people. And you see the same thing with Freeman. The highlights that he generated – Every single week at Heritage Hall, I mean, you look at the plays he was making week in and week out. Like, I mean, most guys, most nationally regarded prospects would be lucky to put one play like that on tape a season. 
And Gavin Freeman was doing it every week. Yeah. Well, we're already seeing the recruiting philosophy and how much different it's going to be with Brent Venables compared to Muleshoe. Because there's no way that if Muleshoe was still the head coach, we'd be talking about Eric McCarty in Gavin Freeman right now. No, and as much as it pains me to say it, because the dude's a stud, I don't know that Eric McCarty wouldn't have, would have gotten a look from yeah. Lincoln Riley and his staff. Seriously. Mule I'm sorry. I'll neck myself. <laughs> yeah, we got to do 10 push-ups every time you call the man by his actual name. But Eric McCarty's listed as an athlete, and as we've talked about before, he is just that coming out of McAllister High School. He is an athlete. Again, and I, athlete. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this much, and I don't know if I've said it before. Oklahoma doesn't know where Eric McCarty's going to line up. They don't know what his position is going to be. No one on that staff has made any sort of designation there. At the end of the day, they look at Eric McCarty as a football player, a guy that wants to be at the University of Oklahoma, that's no secret, a guy that will work his tail off and do whatever is necessary to get on the field and impact the game in whatever facet he is utilized. And that's the type of guy you want on your roster, Tyler, a guy that isn't necessarily pigeonholed into a single position, but a guy that you can kind of – you don't you don't really want to call Eric McCarty a blank canvas, but you can mold him as, and you can see how his senior year transpires and you can kind of get a sense – of what his best fit is going to be at the next level, and then you can kind of start to work him towards that role. He's not a guy that you have to have an idea of exactly what he's going to do for your football team right now on January 31st, 2022. Yeah, seems like uh, Junior Day, by the way, this weekend went really well. You mentioned Dylan Edwards. I'm seeing crystal balls everywhere right now. Yeah, that visit went well. That visit went really well. Uh, 2023 kid, obviously. 5'9", 165 out of Derby, Kansas. You just talked about how fast he is. Three-star player, uh, yeah, crystal balls in. I think four of them, all of them point to OU. OU's got to feel really good. Uh, another maybe under-the-radar type of guy, and it seems like OU is finding some of these under-the-radar top of guys right now, um, especially at kind of the skill position spots is where they're finding those dudes at. And here's the deal. Go turn on the tape on Dylan Edwards. Like you want to, you want to say he's a three-star and OU should be recruiting better talent than Dylan Edwards? Fine. But go watch the tape and tell me Dylan Edwards isn't one of the most dynamic athletes in the entire country. Because let me tell you, Tyler, that dude is Braylon Presley on steroids. Whoa! I, I, hey, didn't, I didn't know that was possible. I am president or vice president of the Braylon Presley fan oh, club. And that listen, hurts me, like, okay? No, I am all in on Braylon Presley. Oh, you should have been all over that kid. But as explosive and as dynamic and as versatile as Braylon Presley is... Dylan Edwards is on another level, man. man you look at his production. 38 touchdowns, rushing touchdowns last year. 40. 40 touchdowns, upwards of 3,200 all-purpose yards, and average, wait for it, 13 yards per carry. It's not bad. I mean, he can I, he can outrun anybody on the football field. He is the fastest man on the field. Yeah, his offer list isn't like super impressive. Um, OU is by far and away the best offer that he has, um, which puts OU in a fantastic spot here to maybe get a commitment out of this 2023 kid here pretty soon. So Dylan Edwards, one, one of the bigger developments maybe to come out of the weekend. I uh, heard you mention John Locke at tight end. That could be a situation that OU's really in on. W- what were some more of the... Uh, bigger happenings this weekend at OU for this for this junior day. Yeah. Ashton Cozart was there. Well, correct? you saw the you saw the crystal balls start to roll in for Ashton Cozart, and it's not a secret that that guy has been favoring Oklahoma for quite a while. He was going to commit to OU on the day that Muleshoe left. 
and naturally that changed things. But his love for the Sooners hasn't diminished, and you would have to say that right now Oklahoma's in the catbird seat in that recruitment. Edwards, man, that's going to be a big get if the Sooners lock him down because I'm telling you, folks, go watch that tape and tell me Dylan Edwards isn't Darren Sproles reincarnated because that's what it reminds me of. And I'll make another comparison relative to the Kansas vicinity, Deuce Vaughn. He looks a lot like a somehow more explosive Deuce Vaughn. Hey, I hope you're right. You're you're hyping up this kid. Yeah, every single every single small running back that's come around here and has dominated, uh, you're you're throwing out some big comps here. And I'm hey, the stats tell you that I you may not be all that crazy for saying these things. Let's just let, let, let's hope that that happens because OU offensively has consistently been good, but. You know, I, I guess we really haven't seen them in the past with that type of player, and oh my God, what that might look like if they had that. Yeah, guy. well, I mean, you're talking about the production that Dylan Edwards generated. He's not playing ball in small town nowhere, Kansas. He's playing at the 6A level. He's playing at the highest classification in the state of Kansas, and he's dominating. As a sophomore, he rushed for what was it? I want to say it was. Upwards of 1,800 yards and 28 touchdowns, then obviously took it up a notch his junior year. He's already putting up more impressive numbers in high school than Darren Sproles ever did. And Darren Sproles is arguably one of the top three or four players ever to play high school football in the state of Kansas. Yeah. So what Dylan Edwards is doing is quite legitimately unprecedented. Uh, yeah, a lot of attention on the 2023 class, but they're still trying to close strong with the 2022 class as signing day is just two days away. Uh, we have felt good uh, about Grayson Holton for a while. Ahmad Moten is now a guy that OU is really starting to trend positively in that direction. OU is going to need immediate help on the defensive line. As we talked about last week, how good this OU defense is next year is almost – maybe entirely going to depend on how they replace those guys up front of the defensive line. Can they get consistent pressure like they did a year ago? How can they replace those guys up front? Maybe Ahmad Moten and Grayson Halton aren't guys that could come in in day one and be all Big 12 players, but you certainly need help at the defensive line spots. And it, they, they got to feel – it has to feel good up there right now that they're seemingly sitting in a pretty good spot for both those yeah, guys. Yeah, well, and they've obviously brought in a couple of plug-and-play reinforcements in Jonah Laulu and Jeffrey Johnson. So you're not scraping the bottom of the barrel on the defensive line. Obviously, I, I have spoken very highly of Ethan Downs on this show in the past. I think he is a budding superstar and could be an all-Big 12 performer this season. You got Jalen Redmond. You're going to have an intriguing battle, I think, between Clayton Smith and Marcus Stripling. And maybe Reggie Grimes, because it's not entirely clear how Brent Venable's scheme is going to differ from Alex Grinch's and how that might play into the personnel selections. But there's a lot of reason for optimism that the Sooners' performance along the defensive line is going to be much improved in 2022, which is kind of bizarre to think about. You're talking about a defensive line that had Nick Benito, Isaiah Thomas, and Perrion Winfrey on it a year ago. And yet, they could be better. Next yeah, year we'll, we'll see, and, and not that this defensive line every week was awesome. Like, Perion Winfrey did not 
you know, no, had no, the no. year that we thought that he was going to have. I mean, that defensive line still had its flaws, but that is, if we're talking about biggest question marks for that team next year, it's at number two for me right now, right behind the offensive line. But if somehow it is better, it is more consistent than the defensive line last year, this defense got a chance to be pretty good in and I 2022. Think, I think consistency is the thing you're going to be looking yeah, for, yeah. right? Because yeah, you, have, you, have, you have just so much talent on that line between Benito and Winfrey and Thomas. You just you didn't see week to week that front four impacting the game the way that they were capable of doing when they were playing their best football. Hit us up on the Air Cover Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. You got recruiting questions, you got football questions, transfer portal questions, whatever. Hit us up on the text line. We'll get them uh, coming up next. OU has a decommit in the 2023 class. We'll tell you more about that. And get ready. Roll your eyes. Another update from Caleb Williams this afternoon. Oh, boy. More to come next right here on The Ref. We're the Homo Sooner fans.
OUDNA running thick right now. There's no doubt about that. Welcome back in, locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref. This hour is brought to you by Chapel Supply. Chapel supplies you with the tools to tackle any power washing job, residential or commercial. They can also service all brands of power washers. Check them out today in OKC, 6509 West Reno Avenue. Chapel supplies you. They're bringing you this hour of locked in with McComas and Thune. Yeah, OU got a decommit a couple hours ago. Uh, DeAndre Moore, he was one of the Los Alamitos trio. Uh, that trio is now officially gone. But here's what I found interesting: uh, a guy, Greg Biggins, with 24/7 Sports, had this article out here uh, this afternoon. I guess he talked to DeAndre Moore, and he said, "Quote: I haven't really bonded with the new coaches yet. I still talk with Demarco, but I haven't had a conversation yet with Coach Levy." Or Coach Venables. I thought as soon as they were hired, I'd be able to connect with them right away like I did the old staff, but that hasn't happened yet. I just feel like it's best for me to open things up and make sure I'm doing the right thing here. In quotes. Yeah, and that kind of speaks to what I had handed at with Steely last hour, and that's just the reality that it seems like Oklahoma has moved on from DeAndre Moore at the wide receiver position. And I know his junior season wasn't as productive or as impressive as a lot of people Uh, would have imagined it was going to be. It caused him to slip in the recruiting rankings a little bit, and it raised some concerns. And you also got to take into account the fact that, look, OU's, they are, I mean, way ahead in the race for Ashton Cozart. They've got a good chance with Jalen Hale. They managed to get Jaden Greathouse on campus, the fine wide receiver from Austin Westlake and teammate of Clemson quarterback Cade Klubnick. uh, He was on campus this past week for Junior Day, so... Oklahoma is not going to struggle to recruit They're the wide receiver, wide receiver position. Uh, it just came down to, you know, maybe Lebby and Venables regarded DeAndre Moore as not the best fit physically or in terms of the system for their new offense. And I'd argue that wide receiver is, and I don't care like who you are for the most part, but especially at a school like OU, wide receiver may be the easiest place to find dudes at. I mean. The saying they're a dime a dozen. I mean, wide receivers in college football now. They are. They are. They kind of are a dime a dozen, especially. I mean, you can just find guys that fit your system and, and you can be okay. And that's me fully realizing that the wide receiver position was not great at OU last year. At times, it was, you know, below average. But I think the wide receiver position will be back in a big way this year. I'm far more concerned about defensive lineman recruitment development, offensive lineman recruitment and development, really every other position recruitment and development than I am with wide receiver. Oh, you will be fine. They'll be good there. So sounds like this was doesn't sound like this caught the OU staff by surprise, you know? They, no. they 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 let DeMarco continue to have that relationship, like, okay, well, We'll, we'll we'll keep his commitment as long as he wants, and maybe he has a great senior season, and maybe we'll still want him in the 2023 class, but it doesn't sound like... I mean, if they're not even... hadn't even reached out to him yet, that yeah, they're not too upset about this, this move, I'm going to imagine. Uh, everyone get ready to roll your eyes. I'm tired of it. Parker's tired of it. We're all tired of it. Four weeks. But Four this, weeks to the day. This Caleb Williams situation is more interesting now than it's probably been at any other point throughout these past four weeks. Here is, uh, here, here's what Hummer's saying. Chris Hummer's saying, we had him on Friday. The latest on what we're hearing about him, number one, UCLA is still in the mix. The Bruins and the Williams camp communicated on Sunday 
Williams previously took a visit to UCLA. So that's not necessarily a huge shocker right no, there. No, and again, I'll continue to maintain this. Regardless of how things change in the public eye, the smart money is and has been on UCLA. Now, here's the interesting one. Because when we all saw it come across our timeline on Saturday, but when Wisconsin announced the hiring of Bobby Ingram as offensive coordinator, I was like every uh, every one of you. I was like, ah, yeah, connect the dots right there. I would uh, I would imagine an announcement soon. And maybe, Parker, that you had a different thought on that. But there's conflicting reports. Some say that Wisconsin is totally out of this deal. Some would even say that Wisconsin's been told that they're out of the deal. Others have said, well, no, the Williams family hasn't necessarily given them a definite no. So I thought that this would trend the completely opposite way. Uh But it doesn't sound like Wisconsin is, you know, too happy with where they're at right now. Well, at the end of the day, you just got to do your best to sift through the detritus of all of this. And there's... There's been one constant throughout this whole process, Tyler, and I've mentioned it before. UCLA has always been in this race from the get-go. He visited there. He liked it. The family liked it. I understand there hasn't been as much buzz for the Bruins as of late. But, again, I, I really have never wavered in telling everybody that the smart money for right now and this will likely continue to be the case, it's on UCLA because that has I, – I think it's the not necessarily the best of everything, but I think it's the best option on the table for Caleb Williams because, look, obviously Wisconsin is a spot where there's 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 a lot of reason to believe that he could have success there. They've always got a great offensive line. They've always got a great defense. They've had a lot of NFL-caliber skill position players, and they've always just seemingly been a quarterback short. Yeah. But if you're talking about NFL development, and this is the other part of the conversation that folks have started to neglect as this process has waned on, it has always been – the Williams family has always been adamant, Carl in particular, the father, has always been adamant that NFL development is the key factor in this whole decision-making process. And if you're talking about NFL development, Tyler, the place that right now you've got to regard as the best in terms of NFL development is USC with Muleshoe. However, the way that things went down at OU, I think it's become pretty clear that Caleb Williams isn't going to USC and he's not going to reunite with Muleshoe. So with Muleshoe out of the picture, then you're talking about a guy in Chip Kelly that has a pretty extensive resume when it comes to engineering high-octane offenses and preparing quarterbacks to make the jump to the NFL. Marcus Mariota won a Heisman Trophy, Tyler. Yeah, he did. Now, if you're not rolling your eyes enough already at this whole deal, uh, get ready. Yeah, because here's the good stuff right here. Oklahoma is still not 100% out of the picture. I would not expect Williams to end up at Norman, but the lines of communications uh, have remained open. And they have. Oh, and, another, and that's another thing that I've been saying from the get-go. Like, until he signs elsewhere, Oklahoma is not out of this. And, yes, the percentage that he comes back to Norman, Oklahoma right now is very, very small. And I am not saying anyone should be optimistic that it's going to happen. But <laughs> OU is not out of it. 
They are not out of this whole deal. Unbelievable. Well, um, I'm going to guess there's a large section of the fan base that uh, wishes the OU was out of this right now. I'll be interested to you know see what's going on in the text line right now regarding that. Um, an- another thing that was mentioned in here, and it's what makes me roll my eyes the most, is like who are the names mentioned here? UCLA, USC, Wisconsin, OU. But there always seems to be like some sort of a – a, a drawback or some sort of uncertainty when it comes to each school, right? Yes. Like, they're not fully bought into any of the options that are out there, and it's just like, dude, pick a school already and just move on. But By every school is like, well, they like this one, and they talk to them, but when you look at this, there's all there's always got to be a but when it comes to every school that's, that's thrown out there. And that's another reason why I continue to favor UCLA in all this, because there hasn't been really a conspicuous drawback that has been publicly stated. And I'm sure I'm sure the Williams are not 100% sold on UCLA because if they were, they'd be committed, right? But you haven't heard anybody close to that situation come out and say, here's why they don't like UCLA. Here's the drawback of UCLA. And another uh, really good point coming from the Air Comfort Solutions text line that I neglected to mention is that UCLA, Tyler, is on the quarter system. Yeah, so, yep, yep, yep. Caleb yep, yep. can miss the winter quarter at UCLA and start the spring quarter in March. Maybe that's what this is all about. He wants to uh, roll in Aaron Rodgers style and just take a big old long uh, vacation and hang out in some places and just come back in uh, right in time for the season. Who knows, man? But this timeline is. I mean, is hey, odd. If, if I could get two months off of school, I feel like that'd be pretty. That'd be a pretty <laughs> nice deal. Undergraduate me would be reveling. Yeah. What else we got on the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line? Uh, this comes from one of our listeners in Tulsa. As far as fans not wanting Caleb back, yeah, they'll moan and groan if he does, but they'll start cheering when he brings the wins. Winning changes people's opinions and thoughts of others. Yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of people, at least initially, though, would root for Dylan Gabriel to uh, win the starting and quarterback that's fair. job. I think that's true. Oh, God, that would uh, that would rip the fan base right in half. I've said that all along, but... Uh... Uh, yeah, a lot of people be rooting for the UCF transfer to uh, go ahead and win that one. I- anything else? <sighs> Come on, UCLA, get over that take, says one listener. Look, I mean, it's – I'll continue to say it, and you can take it for what it's worth. You can choose to believe it or not. The smart money is on UCLA, and this thing could start trending in Wisconsin's direction. It certainly was trending Wisconsin's direction last week at one point. But until I have concrete reason to believe otherwise – if you're asking me to put chips on the table in favor of one particular school, I'm putting them on UCLA. Yeah, I don't think that you can hate any prediction right now of any school. I mean, honestly, because Wisconsin, out of nowhere, gets into this thing, and now maybe they're already out of this thing. So whatever school you throw out there, though, um, they may end up being the flavor of the week. Who knows who's going to be the flavor? Maybe UCLA is the flavor of the week, and he ends up picking them. But I don't... Like, whether it's USC, UCLA, Wisconsin, God, LSU, OU, like, whoever, you can't hate on anyone because there's been about seven or eight schools that have been thrown out to this point. It's just tiring. (sighs) And we're about to be on month number two of this. Yeah. We'll hit more of your texts coming up next on the Air Cover Solutions text line 651-3439. Is a major job in college football about to open? We'll discuss that next right here on The Ref.
Locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Hey, if you're looking for a new career, you are in luck because Chapel Supply wants to hire you. Apply online today at chapelsupply.com. Chapel Supply, bringing you this hour of Locked In. Before we get to the text line and before we talk about a uh, major job in college football potentially opening up this week, you got any more uh, crystal ball picks that are out there from this weekend or, or coming up or anything? Parker, by the way, uh, I'm very impressed. I looked at his percentage today, 93.55% on his crystal ball selections. He's a pretty I good free what, throw shooter. The, the only ones I've missed on thus far this cycle were Gabriel brown Ladindi, obviously, because he decided at, with virtually no notice to flip to Texas A&M. So I'll take that one on the chin. Uh, I don't mind it. And then the other one I missed on, <laughs> the other one I missed on might turn out to flip and be correct here in the next couple of days because originally I had predicted that Deshaun Woods, a four-star offensive lineman out of my hometown of Omaha, Nebraska, would end up with Arizona State. Uh, I kind of dropped the ball on following that recruitment because it wasn't one that OU sure. was really in. And he ended up taking an official visit to Missouri and committing before I ever caught wind of any of it. Uh, but that's and I, I mentioned this on Friday, Tyler. That is the guy that I crystal balled to Wyoming. Ah, on Friday. nice. So uh, I think I think that one may actually be a hit as opposed to a miss here in the next couple of days. Well, Parker is ninety three, greater than ninety three percent. I am one hundred percent. I am one for one. I picked Kamar Wheaton to Alabama. Not on the actual website, just uh, here. That's that was my only crystal ball. I've retired from crystal balls after I got Kamar Wheaton to keeping Alabama. Keeping that right. uh, keeping that one thousand percentage, huh? Just just keeping it where it is, man. Keeping it where it is. Uh, what do we got on the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Uh, let's see mm-hmm. what the folks are saying. Uh, Kendall says. The same team that beat McAllister in the 5A state championship has two All-Staters playing on the East team. How are these guys being overlooked? I mean, the reality is I think there's there's an evaluation process that goes into taking a look at all of these various prospects across the state of Oklahoma. And to be honest, there are some really good football players that just aren't a fit either physically or in terms of the system at somewhere like the University of Oklahoma. And that's not to say that they don't have a future at the next level. A lot of those kids end up at, say, UCO, for instance, or some will end up walking on at Oklahoma State, and they end up having fine football careers. And it's not a... uh, (laughs) It's not a damning indictment of any football player in the state of Oklahoma when they're doing great things and not getting recruited by OU. It's just a matter of, look, there are only so many guys in the state that Oklahoma is going to be able to take year in and year out. Yeah, and, and they're not they're not in the business of taking projects right now no. either. So you think, it? well, Eric McCarty's got zero stars out of McAllister. Why aren't they recruiting this, this, this? Well, what it comes down to, I'm guessing, is like, they like the upside of Eric McCarty at six two one eighty and all that athleticism. Yeah, that, well, that's what it is. You, you to a certain degree, you got to fit a, a physical mold, right? And there's various degrees of leniency, position to position. A guy like Gavin Freeman, who's five foot nine, but dynamic at the wide receiver position. Sure, you're probably going to make an exception for him just because you can be five foot nine as a wide receiver and excel at the FBS level. There are positions where, quite frankly, Tyler, you can't be five foot nine. Yep. And be a dynamic FBS 
talent. Yeah, you can't be a 5'9 left tackle. That's no. just not, not going to work out. Also, not generally, you out. can't be a 5'9 uh, quarterback unless you're Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah. And you're literally the most athletic human being. Yeah, the best in high the school player in uh, Texas history. Yeah, let's, let's get to one more. Uh, one of our listeners says, don't buy Tito's anymore. They're donating $20 million yeah. to Texas Athletics. Yeah, um, they're going to renovate uh, Texas practice facilities. That bubble there that they all hate might be gone. Uh, rowing and men's and women's basketball, they're donating. The uh, practice facilities out there. So yeah, I um, I I, I like vodka. Um, and I guess if I do drink vodka, I will drink Tito's. But sure, yes, no more. I'm not no more. Uh uh-uh. uh You could you could make a lot of alcohol related jokes about the University of Texas <laughs> just based on that whole situation. Yeah, and who's uh, coaching them right now? However, we will not. I I am a Sky Vodka guy from here on out. Okay, another very interesting question from one of our Tulsa area listeners. What is Joe Brady doing? Because <sighs> that, there, that, well, there, there's another thought that the Williams family is waiting to see if he's going to get an OC spot somewhere. And I'll say this much. If Joe Brady does get an OC job at the collegiate level, that school, regardless of where it is, suddenly becomes a very intriguing player well, for Caleb Williams. Auburn's got an opening today. Yes, they do. So I wonder what went on there. I don't know. Auburn fans are really mad right now, and it looks like a mess. Now, Austin Davis was there for six weeks, and today he cited personal reasons as to why he left the program. Now, we remember Derek Mason just left for Oklahoma State kind of on his own accord. I think another coach they had out there left on his own accord as well. So I it, it, it looks like Brian Harson like, doesn't really have a whole lot of control, maybe not a whole lot of coaches like buying into the philosophy of the program. So... That's very concerning. If Joe Brady gets an OC job, I I mean, Auburn is kind of setting up nicely for him right now. If not Auburn, who else has an OC opening? I don't know of anyone else that, that does at this point. Has, it's my, pretty late has in the Miami process. made their hire? Yeah, Miami did make their hire, and I'm oh, trying yeah, to – Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I don't know. Or did they? I, 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 I can't remember exactly. Because they were making a run at Kendall Bryles, right? Yeah, and then and Kendall turned Bryles down. turned down Miami to State Arkansas, so maybe that one is actually still open then. But if not Miami or Auburn, then I, I don't know. But there is a thought that they like Joe Brady so much, they might wait around to see where he ends up and look at that school. That, and that's why I said last segment is, I, you can't throw out a school to me right now to where I say, oh, that's stupid. That's ridiculous, unless it was Alabama or Ohio State with what they have coming back at quarterback. Because this has gone on for four weeks now. There's no end in sight. Who knows? Who knows who's going to be the new school late in this thing to emerge for Caleb Williams' services? Oh, so. boy. V the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Why did you give this idiot Parker another hour? UCLA? You're a recruiting expert? He's been going to USC since Riley left. Then why hasn't he committed? Why has this been going on for four weeks now? I really don't think he's going to USC, and I think there are a lot of folks that would agree. I Look, the, the guy who wrote the story that I'm citing, who came on with this on Friday, still has a crystal ball locked into USC, but at the same time, it's like, he's even saying, I mean, I got the crystal ball locked in, but I, it's not like I feel great about it right now. If he was, maybe he does end up going to USC. Again, seemingly everyone is on the table. Why hasn't he done it by now? I mean, exactly. what's, what's going on? Exactly. Maybe damage control. Maybe they're trying to make it look like a process before they commit to USC and say, hey, we weighed all the options and we decided that USC is the best. And like I said, like I said last segment, 
I think if you're looking at this from an NFL development capacity, USC is objectively the best spot. So I'm not saying in no universe is Caleb Williams going to USC because I think at the end of the day, if you can somehow get past the damage that was done to that relationship, and it was damaged when Lincoln Riley left OU, if you can somehow get past that, it makes a lot of sense for Caleb Williams to go to USC. Based on what I know and based on what I've heard, I'm just not convinced that they're going to be able to get past it. Um, I don't care one way or the other about Wisconsin at all, but I will find it hilarious that seemingly they've played the game a little bit. I will laugh if they hire an OC. Like they, In any other scenario, they wouldn't have any really real interest with Bobby Ingram as the OC, but they hire him to try to make a pitch for Caleb Williams, and Caleb Williams goes elsewhere. I will find that pretty funny. If Wisconsin hires an OC for one guy, and he still doesn't even come to their school. You know what, else would, you know what else would be funny, and it's looking increasingly like this is going to be the case. USC has to roll into spring ball with one scholarship quarterback, Tyler. Yeah. One. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, by the way, to pay off the tease, there was a report out yesterday uh, hearing from a reliable source, Jim Harbaugh will tell the team today he is leaving to be the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. That was from Mark uh, Carmen. So immediately I was like, okay, we've been hearing about Jim Harbaugh in the NFL now for about two weeks and still nothing's happened. Apparently he's really interested in, in the Miami job. And then today there's a report out that he's really interested in the Minnesota Vikings head coaching job. I always so, uh, the initial rumors were for the Raiders, right? Yeah, it, basically then, every single opening at this point. Now. Yeah, I know. It's like it's probably Jim Harbaugh's agent I, trying I, to make him yeah, more money. I, but I feel like now I feel like he wants to go to the NFL. Like, yeah, initially, I don't think that's a secret. Initially, I thought, yeah, this is just he took a pay cut last year at Michigan, and the you know the price after going to a college football playoff, he wants a, a nicer payday, which I you know I understand. So he's courting some NFL teams. That's just how this process works. I, I I think that Michigan's going to be looking for a new head coach in the next seven days. And I think that that next head coach is going to be Matt Campbell I agree of with Iowa you. State. I agree so, with you. Uh, Big 12 is going to look a little bit different next year because, I, I, yeah, I think Campbell's going to be coaching in, in uh, Ann Arbor, which is one of the jobs in the Midwest and in the Big 10 that he would definitely leave for. No question about that. That's going to – the whole circus is going to start right over again. We're going to be back on the carousel ride from square one because you know whoever the next ho head coach at Michigan is, that's going to have ramifications on the recruiting trail and in the transfer portal. And I'm just glad I'm not an, a national college football reporter, Tyler, because I'd be getting no sleep right now. Oh, yeah. Well, Jim Harbaugh is the uh, favorite in Vegas right now to be the next head coach of the Dolphins. So. Wow. Uh, that could be announced in the next 24, 48 hours. I guess we'll see, but don't get your hopes up, I guess. Because this, when it comes to anything college football, just when we think we're about to get a, a decision on something, uh, we look up two weeks later and say, eh, what's going on here? Why hasn't a decision been made? It's kind of exhausting this whole offseason so far, but uh, also a lot of fun as well. All right, one final segment. We'll close it up on the other side. Keep it locked here. Locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans.
Final segment, locked in with McComas and Thune right here on The Ref. We're inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. Yeah, OU got a couple commits this weekend. Uh, we also found out about a couple other staff additions as well. Josh Norman, former Sooner wide receiver and was the head coach of the Southmore Sabercats last year. He is going to join the staff. Uh, Caleb Kelly is going to be the director of Soul Mission and Player Development. And, yeah, expect Curtis Lofton to be on the staff soon as well. So, former players, man, they're going to be plenty of them come, uh, you know, next season. And they took that staff pick out on the field this weekend, and it was just kind of a sign of, like, dang, they, they've got a lot more staff, support staff, uh, really kind of everything that they did 12 months ago. Absolutely, and we call that hashtag OUDNA. Tyler, and it's encouraging that the fact that you're witnessing this program, I think, really turn a page in that, and I'll echo what I said with Steely last hour, there's going to be a lot less look at me and a lot more look at us in terms of mentality from the coaching staff and in terms of the imprint that they try to leave on the players. Now, in completely unrelated news via the Air Comfort Solutions text line, uh -huh, I yes. actually think this is a really good question and one that's worth revisiting. What could happen with Josh Connerly if Harbaugh leaves Michigan? Because I mean that's on the table if that because, happens. Because yeah, I mean Michigan has long been considered the favorite for Josh Connerly, not like a heavy favorite, but a favorite nonetheless, and that only complicates that situation which is pretty dang complicated as it is. And you're going to have a guy that is waiting until March or April to make his final decision suddenly with the school that everybody regarded as the leader in the clubhouse without their head coach. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. I think that's obviously good news for OU with regard to that recruitment if Harbaugh leaves Michigan. But – Connerly visited Miami this past weekend. Miami's going to be a player, especially with Alex Mirabal down there. They're well-respected offensive line coach. By the way, have you ever seen a picture of Alex Mirabal? No, I have not, actually. He's five foot five. Hmm. Big fan already. Trust me. If you ran into the guy at, like, a pizza shop or something, absolutely no way on God's green earth would you look at that guy and say, yeah, that's one of the best offensive line coaches in the FBS. <laughs> Five foot five. Unbelievable. Do they have like a polo that can fit him or what? Or do they have to get like a uh, child's version? I don't know. Maybe he maybe he wears a, a youth XL. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he might have to at five foot five. Dang. I'm uh, only five foot nine and a half. And a half. Um, and I would probably tower over that man, which makes me feel pretty good, actually. Hey, I heard the text line uh, going off like crazy during that. We'll, we'll close up the show today by taking as many as we can. What we got on the Air Comfort Solutions text line? Uh, I would love if Caleb didn't go to USC just because it puts Mule Shoe in a bind with no quarterback except maybe a walk-on until he hits the portal. Yeah, well, all, all of us, because if Caleb doesn't go to USC, I mean, we're late in the game, guys. We are very late in the game, and I'm sure that Mule Shoe's feeling the pressure right now to get this one. If he doesn't, then 5-7, and 6-6, six and six, that is a very real situation for SC next year. Jeff says, I think we need a 21-day maximum time in the transfer portal. Dude, no hey, I'm down for some regulations. I just don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. No. By the way, you know who's been in the transfer portal forever is Justin Harrington. Yeah, he's he been has. The he's been there since la like the middle of the season last since year. Since the week of the Kansas State game, which was the beginning of October. 
Well, it sounds like he wanted to come back to OU. Yeah, and it OU sounds like, like OU didn't want him to yeah, come back. Yeah, you kind of quit during the season, so no thanks. Yeah, well, and which I support that. I support well, that and that's exactly the type of guy that Brent Venables made it very clear he's not going to accept. Yeah, and 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 there's no exceptions either this year, and and I don't think that there's going to be very many exceptions at all, like moving forward. But especially in year one. There are no exceptions, man, because um, they don't want to kind of break their word for any one particular player because they don't feel like any one particular player is necessarily worth that. So well, they're trying to build a culture right now. And it, it goes back to Bob Stoops' assertion that there's no one guy bigger than the program. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Anything else? <sighs> Let's see what the folks are uh, are saying on the do- – oh, thanks for the Tito's update. Back to Kettle One. Yeah, Kettle One, Sky, McCormick, Stavarsky. It's kind of bad that I can name that many vodkas offhand, but here we are. So what about Mario Williams saying, I want to play with Caleb? I know people say they're a package deal, and it doesn't always happen. I never heard Caleb say they were a package, but it seemed that way for Mario, and he's fully locked in at USC now. Yeah, like there were about five uh, different quarterback, wide receiver, tight end duos that were supposedly package deals, and... As of now, what, Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg are the only two players that hey, are actually going to the same school. I think that was the first time school. this hour that we mentioned Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg, so good on us. Yeah, well, hopefully when Caleb Williams decides, we won't actually uh, mention it, but uh, I got a feeling that we probably will. All right, the rush is coming up next. Yeah, we're going give, to give away a couple Buffalo Wild Wings gift cards next hour. Sooner football talk and a whole lot more. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans.